Welcome to the Hay Kings podcast brought to you by Vermeer, your expert in hay and forage equipment. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Brian Setzer. Brian's a native of Missouri and a graduate of the University of Missouri. He currently lives in Alabama, but works all over the country. He's been with Vermeer 20 years, and he serves as the regional sales manager for the East. Previously, he worked with hay and forage growers in the southeast corner of the U.S. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very appreciative for you having me. My pleasure, Brian. Tell me about tedders. Tedding is common to some hay producers and not to others. So to start with, what is tedding? Excited about the tedder market, what it brings to the producer. It's one of those tools that for years we've got by without, but I think that there's, it's getting more and more popular and we're seeing people that are having opportunities to try it out in different crops and different scenarios. Some of the dry places, we fight evenness of drying more than we fight trying to get it dried. Some of the more wet regions are struggling to get the crop dried and harvested before we get to the uh, next rainstorm. Tedders come, they started out in Europe, very wet, kind of more overcast climate. They don't get a tremendously a good, they don't get any good sunshine in a lot of Western Europe, European countries where they do a lot of small grain type grasses for um, silage and dairy cattle. And so that's where tedders really got started. Well, then they expanded into North American market in some places that are very similar to that. They're in Northeastern states and in the Eastern provinces of Canada, very similar climates. And those people started with tedders. Then I saw a little bit of a migration to it into the southeast where you started to see people do it for the evenness of drying. I mean, a lot of our crops down there, when it gets to summertime and you get to be 80, 100 or 90, 100 degrees, you can cut. And 24 hours later, 36 hours later, you're bailing. That comes at a price because you sun bleach the top of the crop. Uh, quite a bit trying to get the bottom of the crop and average that magical 12 to 15 percent moisture level. So a tedder helps keep a lot more even dry down there. And plus, like I said, once again, the southeast, you get a lot of rain down there, 40 to 50 inches, depending on where you're at. And Florida, probably more than that in some some areas from the Gulf moisture. Some of the expansion that I've seen has been really fun to watch. So I got a personal friend that's the Vermeer rep. Um, and now regional manager out of Nebraska. It's probably been five years ago. And he called me and he says, I don't know why they want it, but somebody up here thinks they want a tedder. And I, he says, I know we're one of the major producers of tedders, but he says, I have no idea what they're, what they're really used for or, or why they would want them. So I had to give him the, the spiel on what to talk to the customer about. And since then, they've started regularly selling tedders in some of the Nebraska markets. The Sand Hills grass market out there where they get very little rain during the, it's probably a 25-inch, but beautiful growing climate during the summertime. But they've started to use tedders more out there just for, for to speed up the drying process and uh, evenness of drying. Take me through the biological process that happens when you're tedding, when you cut the hay, and then when you ted it. So I think a lot of people, they've got ideas of really what's happening out there as far as drying. And there's a lot of science behind it. And the more you read about it, the more you'll try to figure this out. But your hay continues to respirate after it's cut. 
when you walk across the grass and you get that nice cool feeling walking across a lawn, that's because your hay is breathing out moisture and, and oxygen. It continues to do that after you cut it for eight hours, 10 hours, as long as it's out and exposed to light. When it gets dark, the hay has an energy preservation mechanism where it closes those cells because it's not carrying on the photosynthesis. It quits respirating that water out. So tedding kind of expands what portion of that grass is exposed to that light during the early portion. So you're getting more of that respiration, gets the moisture out of your crop. You get the moisture out of the leaves. The leaves pull the moisture out of the stems. You get a more even drying. Of course, once that's gone, then you do go to what I would consider more of a mechanical drying. So it's a just an evaporation from the exposure to the to the light, sun, and the wind. So you get the crop up on top. It starts to get dry, and then you go tend it and expose more of the undercrop to the the light, the sun, and the wind. You're drying is much more even, retain much more color throughout the crop. You said the more you ted, the more you ted. I see folks going over fields several times. What kind of time intervals are we talking about? There's tremendous number of different theories on when the proper time to ted. I will see people ted right behind their mowers, and then I'll see people that'll ted just one time on the second or third day. And it really depends on the crop. So if you've got a legume-type crop, you don't want to be in that crop very long after you dry it. Right. Most of your lagoon crops, your your clovers, your alfalfas and stuff, the moisture you're fighting is the stem moisture. The leaf moisture, you lose it as quick as you do um, any other moisture, but you're fighting that stem moisture. So uh, a lot of those people will tend pretty early in the process, 12 to maybe 24 hours afterwards, and then they won't touch it again just to preserve leaves. Your grasses are so much more durable that I think that we can do a lot more of that. So I'll see people tedding right behind, say they got to cut, they're cutting with a mower conditioner. In some places it's traditional cut with a mower conditioner, and then other places with just a three-point mower, trailed mower, laying it down flat. Mm -hmm. So we'll see those people with a mower conditioner. Some of them will let it lay a little bit, and then others of them will want to um, go ahead and get it spread back out. And that's a real good process. And there's some scientific backing to tedding early behind a mower conditioner and getting that stuff laid back out. So you can continue that respiration. You get more of that crop exposed to the light. So those stomata stay open and they continue their respiration. So pretty good science behind that side of it, either in grass or alfalfa. So what you're talking uh, there with those mower conditioners where it's pulling it into the windrow, you're talking about almost immediately spreading it right back out. That's correct. So you yeah. get the benefit of the conditioner, but at the same time, the width of the windrow, like a pull-type disc mower without a conditioner, where it lays out flat. And there's been, like I said, there's been quite a bit of research um, done on that. A lot of it done with alfalfa and some done with some other crops as well. But a lot of times your conditioner, it does condition the crop and helps the dry down more on some crops than other crops. If you do both the tedding and the conditioning, and some people say, well, it's either or. Either I'm going to invest in a mower conditioner or I'm going to invest in a tedder, but it's not really an either or proposition. A lot of times it's you do both of those and decrease your drying times. And to be honest, uh, I look at the hay business a lot of time as a game of hours. I mean, how many times do we just beat the rain cloud or how many times do we three hours would have made the difference between being ahead of the rain or not. So sometimes 
three or four hours is is an incredibly um, valuable time period. I bet you'd say that's one of the reasons that people invest in these tethers. It only takes one rainstorm to lose a tremendous amount of value. Correct. So you're saying a little bit heavier duty built machine built mm-hmm. for the North American market and made in the U.S. Yeah, we're like I said, we're pretty proud of it. We've got some great engineering that we put into that and, and better control over the quality. And uh, if you do see an opportunity to change something or something that needs improving, it's, it really helps your turnaround time. Vermeer is one of the major manufacturers of tethers. Can you take me through the different types and styles that you have? So Vermeer, we have two different series of tethers that we have. We have a more economical series called the TD tether. One of them is a, a 10-foot model, two-basket 10-foot model. Usually going to be a very small producer or somebody that just jumps out there and wants to salvage some hay crop is, is who will sell that 10, uh, 10-foot tether to. And then we got another 19-foot tether in that TD 190. Vermeer is pretty simple when it comes to our nomenclature. It's usually what model and our number is usually how big it is. So that the TD 100 is 10 feet and the 190 is 19 feet. Those are more economical tethers. And then we go to kind of our flagship brand in our tether, and that's the TE series. And we make it in three different sizes. So we make that in a 17-foot, four-basket, a 25-foot, six-basket, and a 33-foot, eight-basket tether unique thing about that is the hook tine and it's got a a crook in the bottom of the tine which looks like it would just grab the hay and just hold on to it but it's really magical it grabs the hay and by some engineering feat it lets go of the hay at the back of the rotation and you get a real good loft and spread and even spread of the crop off of that tether many people when they look at it, it's like that's going to wrap up but i've we've tethered sedan grass and we've tethered other longer crops and uh, it just really works and it's a it's a heavier built tether larger tires on it for more durability like the tire on the tether is the bane to uh, most hay growers because they're always <laughs> always wanting to go flat but we use a larger more durable tire on that model and then on our 25 and 33 foot they're actually mounted on a cart so when you're done tedding you fold them up onto the cart and uh, you have large full-size transport wheels to go to transport them from field to field i want to say thank you i i always enjoy these kind of conversations about equipment and the development and the timelines and more importantly these new tools that producers have available to them that maybe they haven't tried yet or maybe they've seen somewhere and they're not sure whether it fits into their operation when you get folks in the driest parts of the country that are thinking about how to use them, there's applications all over. Thank you very much. Just rolled back in the hayfield now. Looks like we probably have another uh, 50 acres in this field, and then we're going to go on to another. Thank you for having me. 